The following message is from Hope Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. We exist to connect people to live the life of a Jesus follower. More information about Hope Church can be found at hopechurchonline.com. Time management for me is trying to fit in all of the, the moments that I say I really want to do something and then stressing out about not doing them. I'm always busy, always, that's the problem. I work from seven till seven at night. I work every day and I don't like my schedule because it's always, you know, on the move, fast. Schedule? Oh, heaven chef. Why? Why? Because we play taxi cab to everybody and when you have no time for yourself, it gets very stressful. How so? Overloaded, too much, too many hats on. Not enough time in the day. Yeah, probably. What stresses me out most in life is um, whether or not I'm doing what I'm called to do or doing what I should. How I'm spending my time, um, if, it's spending, if I'm spending my time on the right things. Last weekend, we kicked off a brand new series that we have simply entitled, Stressed. And we've begun to explore the reality of how to enjoy life and not just endure it. Now, if you weren't here last weekend, let me encourage you to go online and catch up. We have a webpage that we have dedicated to this series on our website. Website's just hopechurchonline.com, and you can click on the banner on the front page that says Stressed. And it will take you right to that specific webpage. And each week we're going to be posting the messages from the previous week on there. But also there's a lot of other information to help you go deeper in this subject. Some recommended resources, small group material, some of the song lists from the music that we're doing in the weekend. So that we can go deeper on this principle because there's no one sermon that we're going to preach that's going to fix this issue in our lives. But as we allow God to take His Word and speak into us. And that was really my prayer this morning. God, kind of on Sundays, the Lord will just kind of wake me up with a prayer on my heart. And this morning, that was really my prayer because with what we're teaching over these four weeks, there's a lot of real practical statements. A lot of statements that can become one-liners, those kinds of things you know you can put up on your computer or you can set up in your office, those kinds of statements. But if all we do is in four weeks walk out of here with some cute statements then we've really missed the opportunity for God to speak into our lives. What we need to happen is for God to take His Word and the principles of His Word and do a deep transformation on the inside that spills out of our lives in a different way of living that is Christ in us. And so we've given you that webpage as a place that you can go where between Sundays you can go deeper in your own personal journey around this subject. And I also want to encourage you to make sure you're in a small group. Some of the small group discussion that I'm hearing about out of this series has already been so transformational. So let me encourage you, if you're not in a small group of believers where you're walking together, I want to encourage you to stop by the information table today and get connected in a small group. Now, last weekend, we kicked this off with a big introductory message where we laid some general principles down about stress, and it's very important that you understand those So let me encourage you to go online and catch up if you weren't here. If you were here, I just want to remind you about where we started. We defined what stress is. 
Because if we're going to spend four weeks together unpacking some biblical principles around this subject, we need a working definition that we can all operate from. Otherwise, we're thinking about different things. So here's what we said stress is. I'm going to put it back up on the screen. Let's read it out loud together. Fearful concern experienced when life's demands seem greater than my ability to meet them. That's what stress is. It's this idea of fearful concern. And last week we distinguished it, as Sean just prayed, from the idea of burden. All human beings have burden. There are going to be situations in life that burden us. But when it's genuine, healthy concern that results in a burden as a follower of Jesus, I then take that burden and that burden drives me to the presence of God where I begin to say, God, what are you going to do in this situation? When it crosses the line and becomes fearful concern is when instead of allowing the challenges and obstacles and situations in my life to drive me to intimacy with God, to lay those burdens at His feet, which I'm biblically commanded to do, instead of doing that, I begin to turn inward and I look to myself to meet the demands and situations in life. And I become overwhelmed because as I look at my resources, they're not adequate to meet all of the demands that life is going to put in front of me. So that's what stress is. And as we began to really study this subject out, one of the first things we did is we researched what do people say causes stress in their lives. And obviously the list is very long. If we went around the room this morning, we could spend the rest of our time with different answers to that question. But as you take the list and you begin to boil them down, many organizations have done this. They've identified the top five or top ten causes of stress in society. And if you boil them down, there were three that just always bubbled to the top. And so what we're going to do this weekend and for the next two weekends is identify those top three issues and try to give some biblical guidance as to how to handle those. Now, the first one we want to address, you can tell by the introductory video, is the issue of schedule or how you manage your time. I want to put some statements up on the screen and I want to see if any of these sound familiar to you. I'm just too busy. There just aren't enough hours in the day. I've got more to do then I can wrap my head around. I'm so overwhelmed when I think about all I have to do. I feel like I'm always in a hurry. Now leave those up there for just a minute. Anybody can identify with any of that? Anybody... Said that this week. (laughs) One of the things that was most overwhelming for me when I first moved 14 years ago to the city of Las Vegas was the fast-paced lifestyle that is Las Vegas. Uh, Where I'm from in the southeastern United States, we don't just talk slow, we move a little slower. And when I got here, I was overwhelmed at first with the pace of life here. And if you're not careful, the pace of life here can drive you to this issue of stress in your life. All of us at times wrestle with some of those statements, 
Some of us live there, it feels like. So what does the Word of God have to say? Well, I want you to turn to a story in the Bible that I think addresses this issue. There are many we could go to, but I want you to take your Bible, turn to the Gospel of Luke. In Luke chapter 10, we see the stark contrast between two different ladies. There are two ladies that that Jesus interacts with in this story. And the way that each of them responds to the situation gives us some great insight about stress. Luke chapter 10, look down at verse 38. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to put this up on the screen so you can follow along. Here's the story. Now, as they were traveling along, the they here is Jesus and his disciples. He entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care? Now, 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 now just hold on right there. <laughs> if you are speaking to the one who has left the realm of eternity to take on human flesh, to live a sinless life, to die on the cross for your sins and rise again from the dead and secure an eternity for you in heaven, that question really not need be asked. (laughs) Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone. Then she gives Jesus a command. Then tell her to help me. (laughs) Here's what's funny. Some of you already love Martha. Some of you already love Mary. (laughs) Verse 41. But the Lord answered her and said, Martha, Martha. You really get a glimpse into the personality of Jesus. Martha, Martha, why are you worried and bothered about so many things? But only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. That sounds like a scene from everyday life right there, right? All kinds of things you could teach out of this passage of Scripture. Family conflict, conflict resolution. But I want to look at it from the perspective of this idea of schedule and time. And as I really walk through this text of Scripture, what I want to do this morning is I want to begin by asking and answering three questions. And these are three questions that I want you to really wrestle with. What I'm doing with these questions um, this morning is I'm actually giving you three questions that can be tools for you to pull into your own life 
and examine and evaluate your own schedule. So I, I know we give you an opportunity to take notes. We have the online notes that you can get to uh, through the um, uh, version on the, the, the iPhones and the smartphones. But, but I want to encourage you to be sure you write these questions down. Because let me tell you two things about these questions as we begin this morning. Number one, they're not easy answers. You don't immediately just answer these questions. They're not easy. It's going to require you wrestling with these questions in light of your own schedule, in light of your own time and the demands that are in your life. This is not a one-size-fits-all answer. I'm giving you some tools to help you wrestle with this before God yourself. So these are not easy questions. Here's the second thing about these questions. They're not one-time answers. Let me tell you what I mean by that. I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable, okay? Some of you know this. Some of you don't know this about me. A little over a year ago, it's really been a year ago March, March of 2013, after 13 years of living in Las Vegas and this pace of planting a fast-growing church, my schedule kind of began to get a hold of me. And a year ago, March, I hit a wall personally. Year ago, March, I hit a wall of complete physical exhaustion. I spent eight days in a bed. I didn't get up. I slept. Uh, Christy would bring food to me, and I'd just continue to sleep. I'd eat a little bit, go back to sleep. For eight straight days, I was just completely just exhausted, just the pace of life. And I, I was not really wrestling with some of the questions that I'm going to give you today. And so last year... I had to wrestle through some of these questions, and I had to get some people involved in my life to help me wrestle with some of these questions. So now, I had answered these questions in years past. The problem is, if we don't constantly take these questions and evaluate our lives, life begins to take over again. And so I'm I'm, I'm sharing that with you to say, nobody's beyond these questions. And no matter where you are, if you feel like, man, I'm totally stressed with my schedule, these questions are for you. If you feel like I've got a good handle on it, these questions are for you because we constantly need to be evaluating these questions. So out of that story, I want to give you these three questions and and bring some insight to them. And then I'm going to close with five, five practical action steps. All right, here's question number one. Does your schedule... Include time with Jesus, or is it ordered around time with Jesus? Now let that sink in for a minute. Does your schedule include time with Jesus, or is it ordered around time with Jesus? I don't know about you, but just that question convicts me. And in our story, we see two very different attitudes to the presence of Jesus. First of all, you get Martha. The Bible says in verse 38, she welcomed him into her home. The word welcome is a word that means to receive hospitably. It's the idea of welcoming someone as a guest, someone who happened to stop by. Jesus stopped by. Martha said, come on in. I welcome you into my home. Mary, the Bible says, was seated 
at his feet and listening to his word. I wrote down a couple of statements to try to give you some differentiation between Martha and Mary here. Listen to these. And and I want you to think about your schedule in light of these statements. They're not on the screen, but listen to these statements. The presence of Jesus was a part of Martha's plan. The presence of Jesus was Mary's plan. The presence of Jesus was a part of Martha's plan. She included Jesus in her day. The presence of Jesus was Mary's plan. She ordered her day around the presence of Jesus. Let me give you another statement. If Martha had time, she was going to be with Jesus. If Mary didn't have time for anything else, she was going to be with Jesus. I'm going to say that again. I want you to get it. If Martha had time, she was going to be with Jesus. And I'm afraid that's the way many of us approach our schedule. If I have time, Jesus, you are welcome to stop by. If Mary didn't have time for anything else, she was going to be with Jesus. You see the difference? Henry Blackaby made this statement that has been transformational in my life. I want to put it up on the screen. He said, a love relationship with God is more important than any other single factor in your life. Now, I want to leave that up there for a second. And I want you to honestly answer this question. Not, I'm at church, so I'm going to say it this. I want you to, in your heart, honestly answer this question. How many of you believe that is true? Let me see your hand. A love relationship with God is more important than any other single factor in my life. I don't think any of us who claim to be followers of Jesus would have any issue with saying that statement is the absolute truth. There's nothing more important in my life than my love relationship with God. Now, here's the question I want you to really answer honestly. And we're not going to raise our hands on this one. Does your schedule reflect what you just said you believe? We can say we believe things all day long. What we really believe is what we do. Does my schedule reflect? Am I, Martha, if if I got time, Jesus, you're welcome into my day. Or am I Mary who orders my day around time with Jesus? Let me give you a reality statement. I'll put this one up on the screen as well. As a Jesus follower, you will never eliminate stress from your daily schedule until time with Jesus is the building block of your day. 
Look, let's just get honest, all right? You want to get stress out of your life? This has got to be center. Time alone with Jesus is the building block of my day. Now, when I say building block, here's what I mean. I don't mean all day long we're just spending time with Jesus off in a cave somewhere, all right? We have to work. We have other things in life we have to do. But the building block, what do I center and build everything else around? What is that which is the nucleus of my day? We'll never... Listen, you can come to all four weeks of this series. You can hear everything we have to say. You will never, you'll never, you will never eliminate stress from your schedule until time alone with Jesus is the building block of your day. Let me give you a personal confession. When I carve out time to be with Jesus daily, the rest of my day seems like it falls into place. When I do not carve out time to be alone with Jesus, I feel like I am chasing my schedule all day long. And here's what's frustrating for me. I know this. And I still, like you, allow life to take over and sometimes don't carve it out. And on those days, I have the feelings of being overwhelmed and being so busy, I don't know what to do. No one in the history of the world had more to accomplish than Jesus. And yet, read the Gospels. He was never in a hurry. You find it. Find one moment in the Gospels where you find Jesus in a hurry. There were times when other people wanted him to hurry. But he never got in a hurry. He modeled for us ordering your life around time with the Father. Let me show it to you in the Bible. John chapter 5. I want to read verse 17. Then I'm going to skip and read verses 19 and 20. Look what he says here. But he answered them, My father is working until now, and I myself am working. Truly, truly, I say to you, the son, talking of himself, can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son, and listen to this, shows him. It means to point out, to to cause somebody to see. The father loves the son, and he shows the son. He shows him all things that he himself is doing. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, my father's working. And out of the overflow of my intimate fellowship with him, he shows me where he's working. He shows me where I'm to get in on that and join in what the father's doing. Look what he says. And the father will show him greater works than these so that you will marvel. Here's the reality. Through fellowship with the father, he ordered his life around that which he heard from the father. How arrogant of us to run out into the day assuming we know what God wants today. What if God wants to change your schedule today? 
He is God. It goes with the title. You have the right and the authority to change the schedule, to change the plan. Here's what I want you to hear me say about this question. Time alone with Jesus is not just a good thing that I should do as a Christian. Time alone with Jesus is not even an emotional pick-me-up to help me get through the day. Time alone with Jesus is the center of my day when I allow God to order my life in sync with His eternal purpose. Hear that? My time alone with Him is when I'm allowing Him to bring my life into sync. Listen, here's the reality. God is at work in the world. If you believe that, say amen. Listen, God's at work every moment of every day. There is a redemptive mission from Genesis that will climax in Revelation. Since in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, God is on the move in this world. And every day I'm to build my life around time alone with this sovereign God so that I can bring my life into sync with what God's doing to accomplish His eternal purpose. You see that? It's not just me getting a feel-good verse for the day. It's me living surrendered to the God of heaven. That my life today is a vessel for his glory. So that's question number one. Let me give you question number two. Write this one down. Is your schedule dictated by that which is urgent or designed to accomplish what is important. Is your schedule, and you see what I'm saying about, these are not easy questions. You can't go, yes, no. No, you got to sit down and look at your time. I encourage you to take these three questions and lay it down over the last 30 days of your life. Is my schedule dictated by that which is urgent? Or is my schedule intentionally designed to accomplish what I know is important? Go back to our story. Martha's schedule was dictated by what was urgent. Her sister had left her to do all the serving by herself. So Martha allowed her time to be dictated by whatever happened to be in front of her at the moment. She didn't have time to evaluate priorities. Whatever need was closest, she allowed that to dominate her time and automatically assumed it was her responsibility to meet that need. Mary's schedule was designed to accomplish what was important. Did you hear what it said? Look at it in verse 42. He said, Mary has chosen... The good part. The word chosen is an important word in the Greek language. It's a a word of intention. It means to observe all the options and pick the best. It's, It's the picture occasionally, on rare occasions, my wife will send me to the grocery store. She she knows not to do it very often because I'm going to call home 45 times while I'm at the grocery store. And I'm going to buy way more stuff than we needed from the grocery store. But, but I'm the guy, they, they pick what they're going to put on the end of the aisle because I'm going to get one of them, right? That's me. But occasionally, my wife will trust me with a limited amount of resources to go to the grocery store to buy something like steak. 
We're going to have some steaks for dinner or something. So I'll go and, and I'll be standing there looking over those steaks. And I'll call Christy three or four times to get some counsel and insight. But I'm looking at all these steaks. And I'll pick one up. What am I doing? I'm looking for the best cut of meat. That's the word chosen. Mary looked at her schedule. She looked at all. Yeah, I can go in here and I can help do this. I can go meet this need. Jesus is here. She did not allow her schedule to be dictated by that which was urgent. She allowed her schedule to be determined and designed to accomplish what was important. The question, this question wrestles with the issue of establishing priorities in your life so that you live your life on purpose. Let me give you a definition of a priority. A priority is a thing that is regarded as more important than another. Now here's the question. What are your priorities? Now, let me go back to question number one. You can only only answer that question if you're building your day around time alone with Jesus. Because he gets to establish what's important. But out of the overflow of time alone with him, here's what happens. God shapes us and shows us from his word and through biblical counsel and through others speaking into our lives. We begin to establish those things in our lives that are important. And we begin to build our time and our day and our schedule, making sure that at the end of the day we accomplish what's important. Let me show you a reality I wrote down this week. Look at it on the screen. When it comes to time, every yes is a no to something. The question then becomes, is what I'm saying yes to more important than what I'm saying no to? We're on some level playing field here we all get 24 hours in every day so every yes is a no to something I'm choosing to spend time here rather than spend time doing this so the real question then is what I'm saying yes to more important than what I'm saying No to. And understand, this is a question. This is why we have to evaluate these things over and over and over again. Because this question changes through seasons of life. Depending on the season of life that you're in, there may be some biblical worldview priority issues in your life that right now are predominant. That maybe as this season of life changes, it won't be as important. So this isn't like you answer this when you're 18, come to Jesus, get baptized, answer this question, boom, you never deal with it again. No. We all have to deal with this question. For example... And I'm using some examples out of my life because I hope it makes it applicable for you. But next year, 2015, is my 25th year of vocational full-time ministry as a pastor. Next year, 25 years that I've now... It's hard for me to believe I was always the young church planner in the room. And now I'm not. And it's un, it's, it's, I don't like that. Uh, having to deal with some stress about that, right? But... 25 years of ministry. Now, if you're involved in in, in full-time vocational ministry for 25 years, God has to really teach you some stuff. Because 
for that 25 years, for most of that 25 years, I've also had a house full of children. Now, understand me. I love being a pastor. I do. I love it. I think you can tell by my passion. I love being a pastor. I enjoy all that goes with being a pastor. But, first and foremost, I'm a dad. Before I'm a pastor, I'm a father. And so here's what that means. I've had to design a schedule for the last 25 years that reflects that priority. It means at times I've had to say no to some of your invitations to ministry opportunities in order to say yes to those four children that I've been entrusted with. Now, here's what I want you to know I've realized. Some of the things I've said no to, you will never remember. But the things I've said yes to, they will never forget. Is my schedule dictated by what's urgent? There's always something that needs to be done. Or am I designing a schedule with intent to make sure that I'm accomplishing what's important? Because when we lay our head down on our pillow tonight, if you please the Lord, it does not matter who you displease. But if you displease the Lord, it does not matter who you please. Is it urgent? Is it important? Let me give you a third question. Does your schedule express a heart captivated by things that are of eternal significance or distracted by things that are temporary? Does your schedule express a heart captivated by things that are of eternal significance or distracted by things that are temporary? Now, I'm not going to spend much time unpacking this question for sake of time, but I want you to read the verses again. Look at verses 41 and 42. Martha, Martha, why are you worried and bothered by so many things? But Only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen The good part, which shall not be taken away from her. The Bible tells us Martha was worried and bothered. In the verse prior to that, it says she was distracted. And all the things that she was worried and bothered and distracted about, tomorrow nobody was even going to remember. Let me give you a verse of Scripture that really speaks to this issue. It's in 1 John chapter 3. You can write it down. and As you evaluate this question in your life, you can go back to this verse. Look what it says. Verse 15. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lustful eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. Now, now you think here, if you're not reading this right, that this is God trying to rob you of the joy and pleasure of the world. Don't love the world. Love me. But look what he says. But the world's passing away. You see, this is not God trying to rob you of the joy. It's God trying to be honest with you. Hey, you can love all that stuff, but it's fleeting. It's not going to last. It's temporary. That's why he says, 
But the one who does the will of God lives forever. Martha was distracted by things that really didn't matter. And this is where you got to lay it down on your life. And, and what I'm giving my time to, does it really matter? Is it of eternal significance? On the other hand, Mary, it says, chose that which would not be taken away from her. C.T. Studd's a great missionary. He was sent by Hudson Taylor to China in the 1800s through the China Inland Mission. C.T. Studd wrote a phenomenal little poem, and this is just one line out of it, but look what it says. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. That's the essence of this question. In light of eternity, am I investing my time wisely? So there's the three questions. I want you to take those three questions. Hope you've written them down. I want you to take them home. I want you to get along with God. I want to lay out your sky. I want you to take the last 30 days of your life. And I want you to measure the last 30 days of your life by those three questions. And just get honest with God. There's no pixie dust we can sprinkle in a service that eliminates stress from your schedule. But if you'll do this, you can start hearing from God about how to do that. So with that, let me close by giving you five practical action steps. Just going to list them. Only say things about a couple of them. Here's the first one. Establish your daily rhythm with Jesus. That's number one. This will be different for every one of us. Some are morning people. Some are night people. Some are morning, noon, and night people. It's going it's to be different for all of us. But you must establish your daily rhythm with Jesus. That's number one. Number two, determine what's important. You can't hit a target you're not aiming at. What are your priorities? Take into account your season of life. If you're a student... If you're a single adult, if you're a husband or a wife or a child, it's going to be different based on your season of life. You have to determine what's important. You've got to hear from the Father about this. You need to get some spiritual counsel from small group leaders and Christian friends to, to look into your life at this point and help you establish, here are the biblical priorities that I want my life to revolve around. And I'm going to design a schedule that makes sure that at the end of the day, I'm accomplishing those things that are important that have been ordained by God as the purpose of my life. Number three, build a plan. For your daily life around what's important. You see it? Establish daily rhythm with Jesus. Then you got to determine out of that what's important. Establish those priorities for this season of life. And then you intentionally build a plan around what's important. C.J. Mahaney said it this way. I love this quote. We make time for what we truly value. We build habits and routines around the things that really matter to us. That's what we're talking about with this third one. Build a plan. Let me give you an example again out of my life. Out of my daily rhythm with Jesus, one of the things that God established in my life that's important is marriage. My marriage to my wife, Christy, is next to my relationship with Jesus, the most important relationship in my life. I've always tried to live that way because in ministry circles, there can be other platforms for ministry, but there's only one marriage. There are other churches, one wife. 
So that's got to be the priority. So what, what, how, do we, how do we build a plan? Well, here's the plan that we built for our marriage so that it's in our schedule. Number one is pray daily, either for them or with them, but daily. Pray daily. Number two is date weekly. Every week we go out on some kind of a date. Sometimes it looks a little different than other times, but it's, it's always some kind of date weekly. Number three is escape monthly. You say, what do you mean by escape monthly? Well, it's kind of a, a date on steroids. It's, a, it's kind of an all-day thing, all right? It's, a, it's an, at least once a month. It's not just dinner and a movie. There's some, something planned with intent. There's some kind of an all-day thing that we try to do together. Number four, get away quarterly. An overnight or two nights where once a quarter we're away from life situations and struggles. We're away from our kids and we're just away. And then number five, retreat annually. Annually we try to take several nights away together at least once a year where it's just us. Now, what is that? That's just an example of where I've tried to build into my schedule based on what I value out of my daily rhythm with Jesus an intentional schedule to accomplish what's important. Does that make sense? If it makes sense, say amen. Let me give you a caution. Often we create stress in our life when we put things on our agenda that God didn't put there. Make sure you've heard from Him. That's why establishing daily rhythm with Jesus is number one. Let me say this. If you have more on your schedule than you can accomplish in the time that you have, there's some things on your schedule that God didn't put there. God's not going to put more on you than you can do today in His power and in His strength, Him in you. If i got more to get done today than I can get done, I've put some stuff there He didn't put there. What do I do to deal with that? You go back to number one. You start spending time with Jesus. You let Him bring some clarity to those things. You determine what's important. You build an intentional plan to accomplish that, which is important. Here's number four. Create margin within your plan for God's activity in the lives of others. It's been a big piece of what's changed in my life over the last year. Trying to create margin. I, if I had 30 seconds available, I'd squeeze something in it before. But trying to be intentional about creating some margin, some white space, so that you can respond to God's activity in the lives of others. Listen to this. Look at, read, read the Gospels. Jesus was often interrupted, but he was never off course with God's agenda. Think about all the times they stopped Jesus. He's walking to go do something, and some lady will grab his coat, or he's going this way, and some servant will come, or he's going this way, and they're coming to try to get him to heal. He was often interrupted, but he never got off God's agenda because he had margin in his calendar and his schedule to respond to those things. Here's the fifth one. Establish accountability to eliminate distractions. Establish your rhythm with Jesus. Determine what's important. Build a plan around your daily life for what's important. Create margin within your plan for God's activity in the lives of others. And establish accountability to eliminate distractions. Here's what I'm telling you for me. I need people in my life holding me accountable to make sure I'm following what I've heard from the Lord. I got two people that regularly, regularly I meet with that speak into my life and ask me some very hard questions about the things that I've told them are important based on what I've heard from God. This thing about my marriage, my kids, discipling men, some of the things that God's made very important in my life. 
I got some people that ask me, how's your time with your wife? How's your time with your kids? How's the men that you're, who are the men you're pouring into? I got some people ask, why? Because I need accountability in my life. And listen, so do you. Look at this verse. I'll close with this scripture. Ecclesiastes 4. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe. Woe to the one who falls when there's not another to lift him up. We're going to have moments where we get off schedule. But we got accountability in our lives to keep us on target so that it doesn't take us over and stress us out when it comes to our time management schedule. Three questions that are not easy. you got to wrestle with them. They're not one and done. They need to be probably annually in our lives looked at. Five practical action steps. I believe, having with our pastoral team spent a lot of time before the Lord wrestling with this issue, if you'll wrestle with those three questions and you'll take those five action steps, you will begin to eliminate stress from your daily schedule. If that's helpful, say amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we ask you this morning to speak into our lives from these principles today. God, we need to hear from you. We don't need philosophies of man. We don't need self-help ideas. We, We need your word. We need your truth. As you sit here in the stillness of this moment before the Lord, I want to talk to a group of people that are in the room today that I haven't really talked to yet. There's some people here in the room today and you are not a follower of Jesus. A lot of people in this room today are already followers of Jesus. They're Christians and everything I've really shared with you is a practical way for you as a follower of Jesus to begin to bring order to your time and your schedule. But if you're not a follower of Jesus, let me talk to you for just a moment. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you need to understand something. God created you. And God made you for a purpose. This redemptive mission that I talked about that God's on in the world, He made you to be a part of that. But it begins by knowing Him personally. You see, we were created for a relationship with God, to live our lives in fellowship with Him. And if you don't know God, then you're already off course with the purpose of your life, and you're never going to have order. It's just going to be disorder. You see, God made you to know Him and to love Him and to live your life in fellowship with Him. The problem is we've all sinned against God and our sin separates us from that relationship with God. But God loved us, the Bible says, and God loved you so much that He sent His Son Jesus into the world and He came into this world and He lived a sinless life and He offered that life on a cross as a sacrifice for our sin. Jesus rose again from the dead giving testimony that he paid the sacrifice for our sins. 
And now you and I, the Bible says, have the privilege of turning from our sin and putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and being born again into relationship with God. And for many of you today, that's the first step to this issue of eliminating stress. It's knowing why you're here. If you don't know Jesus today, if you don't have a relationship with Him, listen, the greatest thing you could do today is by faith surrender the control of your life to Jesus Christ and embrace Him as the God of heaven. Embrace His forgiveness today. So here's what I'm going to do. We're not going to end our service like we normally do. We're not going to have a time where we stand and sing. But I do want to give you an opportunity right now today. If you don't know Jesus Christ and you want to receive Jesus Christ right now, you want to give your life to Him. The Bible says, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. As you cry out in faith to God, and one of the ways we do that is is by praying to God. And I'm going to lead you in a time where you can cry out to God and receive Him as the Lord and Savior of your life. So if you don't know Jesus, but you want to know Jesus today, you simply cry this out to God in your heart if it's your desire. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you created me. I know that you made me to know you. I know that you died for my sin. I know that you rose again. And Jesus, right now, I put my faith in you. I turn from my sin. I receive you as the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving Now, if you just prayed with me for the very first time in your life and surrendered your life to Jesus, I want you to do something right now. I want you to just look at me. Everybody else got your head bowed. If you just prayed for the very first time, you just look at me. You just look at me. God bless you. There's several folks in here that are looking at me right now. Listen, you've just taken the first step on a brand new journey that is a personal relationship with God. It's not the last step, it's the first step. Everything that's done for you to know God and go to heaven, that's done in Jesus. Now you get to grow in your relationship with God. And we want to help you do that. So at the beginning of the service, when I talked about that connection card, if you prayed with me for the very first time and you gave your life to Jesus, right in the middle of that card is a box that says spiritual steps. And the first one says, today I began a relationship with Jesus. If you just prayed with me and you looked at me and said, Pastor, I've given my life to Jesus. Please check that box. We're not going to harass you, but we do want to encourage you. We want to get you some materials to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. So if you'll just check that box. When we're done, drop this off at the connection or at the guest center or at the information table. We would love to come alongside you. Thank you for listening to this message from Hope Church. We would love to connect with you, so be sure to follow us on our social networks by searching Hope Church LV.